Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. I'm delighted to host this podcast and share key trends and innovations for each of the 25 industries we serve. At SAP, we like to say that we speak the language of our customers, and this language is industry. We've been supporting all industries for more than 50 years now, and it's exciting to launch this podcast and discuss with industry experts the business value that they get from our solutions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast. My name is Tom Raftery, and with me on the show today, I have my two special guests, Natasha and Matt. Natasha and Matt, would you like to introduce yourselves with maybe Natasha going first? Of course, Tom. Uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, I'm Natasha Oak, and I'm a solution architect with uh, BizBrain Technologies. And my area of expertise is in the supply chain planning and collaboration space. And I have over 20 years of experience in the SAP ecosystem, and I've consulted across many discrete as well as process industries, chemicals being one of them. Um, and Tom, uh, for those of your listeners who may not be very familiar with BizBrain, uh, we are a niche consulting company, uh, primarily focusing on SAP integrated business planning. And recently, we've also expanded into SAP SCC and Ariba solutions. Um, it was co-founded uh, by two ex-SAP executives. And uh, from a geography and industry standpoint, uh, majority of our customers are in the North America region. And uh, we focus on the chemicals and CPG sector. And interestingly enough, actually, the BizBrain journey started uh, back in 2013 with a implementation at a large global chemicals company here in North America. Superb, superb. Thanks, Natasha. And Matt? Hey, Tom, thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed listening to these podcasts. So super excited to be a part of today's discussion. And my name is Matt Ryman, part of the chemical industry business unit at SAP. So we are a global advisory team that works with our customers to align industry requirements with our solution capabilities. And we also work internally to translate these requirements into a strong product portfolio that align with the strategic direction of the industry. So at the end of the day, it's about creating value for our customers with our solutions. Okay. And we're talking today specifically about the uh, the chemicals industry. For people who might be unaware, I mean, you know, for many people like myself, for example, my 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 interaction with chemicals was when I was a kid and I got a chemistry set, but that's not what we're talking about here today. Not 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 that kind of thing at least. What what are we defining as the chemicals industry for people who are listening to this podcast? Let me take a stab at it, Tom. So the chemical industry is is all at, at its most fundamental form is the transformation of raw materials into, into useful products. So at the beginning of the value chain, these raw materials start with oil and gases and minerals and water uh, where they're first converted into basic chemicals. And these basic chemicals generally serve as feedstock to other chemical processes where intermediates are made and processed and then utilized in the production of specialty chemicals. And then these products uh, are, again, 
processed further and, and sold to other manufacturers where they were used in the production of things like shampoo or automotive components or electrical components. Um, and, and even these specialty materials can be used in the production of vaccines. So the chemical industry is responsible for this multi-level manufacturing process, the storage and transportation of material all over the globe. And, and I think, Tom, it's important to say that the industry is essential to, to modern life. And the chemical industry is part of nearly every value chain, right? whether this is cosmetics or it's paint or it's automotive or it's electronics or it's pharmaceutical or medical, crop protection, water purification, the list goes on and on, food ingredients, right? Um, in fact, according to the American uh, Chemistry Council, 96% of all manufactured goods are directly touched by the business of chemistry. So again, at a fundamental level, the industry is about transforming what starts as simple molecules into tens of thousands of products that create value for you and me, that make our daily lives easier, safer, healthier, more sustainable. Uh, so, so Tom, hopefully that that gives you a view that this is the this is the chemical industry. You know why folks like Natasha, my, myself, um, and and many others who support the industry are are quite passionate about it. Nice. So literally you touch on everything. Your the, the products from this this industry touch on pretty much everything that that we that we touch ourselves every single day and every part of our lives. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay, what kind of problems or challenges are facing the chemicals industry today? So, you know, maybe I'll start with one. So, one of the things that we've seen in the chemicals industry in the last couple of years really through the pandemic it's it has been a lot of demand and supply volatility so it's really been a mixed bag depending on which value chain or rather value chains um, the company is really part of and actually let me just highlight this with a example so last year uh, there was a shortage of chlorine here in the us oh. and specifically um, it was uh, for chlorine tablets or like the granular form of chlorine and one of the reasons for this was a spike in pool cleaners, demand for pool cleaners. So apparently, people were using and also building swimming pools uh, way more than usual during the pandemic. Wow. Um, so that was one. That was on the demand side. And then what made the matters worse was that there was also a major fire at a chemicals plant here in Louisiana. So that really brought down the uh, plant. Um, and in fact, it also destroyed the supplies that were uh, already uh, of already manufactured chlorine. So I'm, you know, I'm sure there are many such examples out there, uh, but I thought this was quite, quite an interest, interesting one, which kind of showed both the demand and supply shocks, you know, being part of the same value chain. And of course, when they when they when they come together like that, when there's a, a a drop in supply and an increase in demand at the same time, you get a kind of a double whammy effect. That's correct. Yes. Matt, do you want to jump in? 
Yeah, I like that word, Tom, d- double whammy, because there's all sorts of variables that have impacted the industry. And if, I mean, if you look back to starting 2020, the global market was already shrinking, and then of course hit by hit by COVID. And I think the the decrease in volumes, according to 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 ACC, was the lowest in 40 years. So you're talking about production halted, right? Halting, stopping, and then these demand patterns completely changing, right? And then these issues are further exacerbated with extreme weather and logistic logistics congestion and so you know we talk about this phenomena of the bullwhip effect and you look at specifically the the chemical industry right um with these long lead times upstream information travels quick but it takes time to react right and so and again as we mentioned the chemical industry is part of all these value chains, right? So the ripple effect in the industry is is quite significant, which really contributes to the to the volatility that Natasha described, uh, you know, so so well. And there's there's certainly other issues as well, regulations and geopolitical climates all have impact on the industry. We see commoditization that that impacts margins. Um, there's a lot of M and A activity. So again, the the kind of supply chains are are completely completely changing. So a lot of dynamics, double whammy, right? A lot of dynamics impacting the industry, creating this volatility. And, you know, it quite often points to building a world-class supply chain organization to, to solve many of these problems. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to get into that, actually. What, how do you solve those kind of problems? I mean, the, both the volatility in supply and the volatility in demand. Uh, it's a question I'm guessing of building more resilient and more transparent supply chains. Is that it? Or is there something else entirely? Or is it a mix? Or where are we there? Yeah, so, you know, one one way to um, look at this is really look at it from the point of view of, you know, what's top of minds for from a chemical executive uh, standpoint, right? And I think one of the things that is front and center is risk management. And, you know, Matt also alluded to um, some of the things there, right? Um, and chemicals industry, really, it's no uh, stranger to managing some of these risks and uh, disruptions. Uh, whether they are, you know, weather-related events uh, like hurricanes and tornadoes and floodings and freezes or like ever-changing trade policies, um, industrial accidents, right, um, cyber attacks. Um, actually, there was uh, one just last year uh, that brought down the whole pipeline between Texas and the Northeast. Mm. So there are those type of things, um, you know, which are more weather-related uh, um, and they're sort of ongoing uh, but then there are these other isolated events that uh, actually there was one uh, interesting one which I was made recently aware of. It's the AdBlue shortage in Australia. So AdBlue, it happens to be an additive. It's like uh, that's used for diesel-powered trucks. Right. And one of the uh, key ingredients that goes into uh, this AdBlue manufacturing is urea. And there was sort of a short supply from urea being sourced from Asia. And the primary mode of transportation for fuel in Australia really is uh, trucks. So this whole AdBlue shortage was sort of creating a you know pretty serious situation in the fuel supplies. And actually, consequently, also on the um, supermarket supply chain. So really, you have like something which is a shortage, so like of sourcing of urea from Asia, that is impacting, you know, fuel and supermarket supply chains in Australia. So 
really, you know, what I'm trying to uh, illustrate with all these examples is that it's only a matter of time these type of events, you know, or these type of disruptions happen, right? Uh, whether it's related to geography of where the industry is situated or some of these, uh, you know, one-off events like AdBlue. So like you mentioned, Matt, um, resilient supply chains are really about all about the ability to plan and prepare for such uh, vulnerabilities and disruptions. And actually, not just that, it's being able to get back to business as usual with agility. So I think one of the ways, um, really, you, you said, okay, what then, right? So one of the ways I think digitalization can help is through what-if scenario planning. Um, a robust planning tool really can give you that ability to understand what the impact of such disruptions or such uh, risks are across like whether it's financial impact or whether it's operational impact. So, you know, executives can make well or better informed decisions and it whether it's like, you know, really securing like alternate sources of supply or alternate, you know, manufacturing capacity. So I think, you know, um, uh, th this this sort of example highlights like, you know, um, how what if scenario planning can can help in this space. OK, and where are the chemical companies in the kind of spectrum of digital transformation or is it a full spectrum? Are, are there some that are at the very start? Are there some that are well along the journey, some in the middle or are they all at one end or where, where do they fall there? Yeah, good question. Tom and, and and digital is is not is not new to the industry. I mean, you you could look directly at some of these manufacturing facilities, right? And and certainly digital is is critical there. I think I think the opportunity really with with end to end planning across the ecosystem. I I, I would say the industry is still still early on on this journey. So I would say you know in summary, uh, digital's not new. I think the industry's been invested in this for 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 some time. Uh, certainly now, digital is 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 ramping up, and and I think a, along uh, with it, uh, the chemical industry will go. Um, but remember, we these are companies that have been around for for a hundred years, and and they have um, set processes and 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 set manufacturing facilities. So you know the flexibility of of these of these programs. Um, you know it 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 takes time. So it's not something that that happens overnight. Okay, and do we have any examples we can speak to of, you know, digital transformation initiatives or sustainability initiatives or anything like that that would that might be of interest to people listening? Yeah, one thing that comes to mind. Uh, I mean, if you if you think about the the organization or a company redefining itself um, to better serve its customers. Um, I worked at DuPont. Maybe and maybe this is a fair example. DuPont started uh, making gunpowder on, on the, the, the Brandywine Valley, and now it's transformed into, into a company with, with tenants really built on sustainability and creating more value for, for their customers, things like water purification. So, you know, when you see this transformation of, of business models in, in the industry, um, I think a higher focus on customers, a higher focus on, on purpose. Uh, this is, this is quite interesting to, to see. And then certainly uh, how, how do they enable this, this new, this forward looking view of the company digital is, is front there and center. 
Okay. Natasha, have you any examples that you want to mention? So, yeah, actually, I'd like to bring attention uh, of your listeners to a case study uh, by BizBrain that's going to be published shortly. And it's actually about an implementation uh, that BizBrain did uh, at a large multi-regional company. And it's about how SAP integrated business planning has actually enabled uh, process efficiencies and it's it's significantly reduced actually the quarterly planning cycle time by 66%. So that's that's quite like um, quite quite an impressive um, achievement there. But it was primarily like an implementation where we used SAP integrated business planning integrated with um, SAP production planning and detail scheduling. Wow, 66%. That's impressive. That's that's impressive. So Natasha, are there any particular industries or anything that have been affected by this or any examples you can talk to there? Yeah. So, you know, when you think about uh, various value chains that chemicals is part of, one of my favorite value chains to talk about is the auto value chain. Now, chemicals uh, saw a decreased demand um, from the auto value chain in the beginning of the pandemic. And then later, because of the chip shortage that was impacting the auto industry. Um, So what you saw was uh, the demand was sort of scaled down for some of these catalysts and fuel additives and lubricants and super engineered plastics. Um, Now, as the chip shortage is getting better, that demand is also kind of, you know, getting better, but we're still not out of the woods. Um, So that's sort of the dynamic that's happening on one side. Uh, But then you also um, have, um, you know, the emergence of EV. So EV is, uh, you know, driving some of the demand up, uh, which, I mean, primarily is related to EV components. So battery related components and even commodity plastics. So in situations like this, you know, where uh, digitalization can really help is to really understand the dynamic across the value chain and really be able to model some of these micro and macro indicators into advanced ML and AI-based algorithms. And in fact, um, the demand module of SAP Integrated Business Planning uh, has some great capabilities in that space. So what's next for the chemical industry? I mean, we've talked about digital transformation, obviously different organizations or different stages in that. What else or where else is that going? Tom, I can kick us off. And and this this is exciting. Um, you know, for me, I mean, so so a few a few points come to mind. I, I think first, supply chain is is not is not a new topic in in the industry, right? I think it's always been strategic. I think the reality of it is, it's it's challenging. It's and it's hard to execute. So, how can we really bridge this strategy with execution, with this real this real time visibility? And and visibility has got to evolve. And and, and what I mean is. It can't just be built on awareness, right? It's nice to be aware of what's happening, but actually be able to understand an issue um, and and address it, you know, execute, and and this this starts with with end to end planning. So, 
certainly still I still think there's there's an opportunity and end to end I mean from from long term planning to to short term planning to to production planning to certainly logistics getting product to the customer on time perfect quality right this is this is the objective of of supply chain organizations and really bringing customers front and center um, and digital is a huge piece of that this is point one point two which I think is really exciting is around the the engagement with an e- the the broad ecosystem system, I will say. So as mentioned, we know chemical, the chemical industry is part of all these value chains. And so how do we better better interact within the network, our suppliers, our customers, right, to understand how the market's moving, to understand what will create more value. So we hear this term of industry business networks, which really foster this collaboration, this data sovereignty, to be able to, to engage uh, with the interconnected system. So I think this is this is a huge topic and one that's front and center for supply chain organization. And then I would say the third point, Tom, is sustainability. And, and I think there are multiple facets to this in the chemical industry. Certainly carbon's a big one and understanding what's our carbon impact across the entire value chain. Um, how can we better leverage the the resources, you know, from a from a waste management standpoint? And then how do we embed circular economy uh, into into our planning cycles? This is top priority for supply chain organizations. And it's and it's brilliant to see the investment chemical companies are are making into to new facilities to make recycled material, make renewable material. Uh, again, a an, great challenge and also an opportunity for, for supply chain organizations. Okay, Natasha? Yeah, I think one other um, point is, you know, around connected supply chains. And we've actually, you know, I mean, with the pandemic, we've actually seen, you know, how the tight links and dependencies, they've been brought to the, to the forefront. So when I, you know, think of connected supply chains, Um, It's really like, you know, to Matt's point, it's really important to sort of have that end-to-end visibility across the whole value chain. Um, And it's it's about like, you know, knowing the inventory levels, the inbound, outbound in transits, pipeline stocks, these kind of things, you know, they're going to be key. Companies can no longer follow this siloed type of an approach where they just know what's going on in their immediate upstream versus their immediate downstream. Really having like that holistic end-to-end view of the entire value chain and, you know, what's happening in the value chain is going to kind of um, uh, take the industries to the next level. Superb, superb. Folks, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. Is there any question that I have not asked that you wish I had or any aspect of this that we've not touched on that you think it's important for people to be aware of? Tom, I think it's worth reiterating the the point from the beginning and and just understanding how interconnected the chemical industry is, you know, with with our everyday lives. And um this this is exciting. This is exciting for us, and 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 there's great opportunity, and and the industry is committed to, to this success, and 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 we're certainly you know, behind the industry as a, as a trusted partner, you know, along with folks like Natasha from Bizbrain to you know to to drive this success, which is creating more value for the customers they serve. Okay, Natasha, you, yourself? No, I think we covered pretty much everything. Okay, fantastic. In that case. Thanks a million for coming on the podcast. If people want to know more about yourself, Natasha, or Matt, or BizBrain, or SAP, where would you have me direct them? Maybe, Natasha, you start? 
Yeah, so I'd like to direct them to the BizBrain website, bizbraintech.com. Um, also, the landing page for this case study that's coming out. Um, and my LinkedIn profile is Natasha Oak at LinkedIn. Okay, we'll put those links into the show notes so people can have access to them. Matt, yourself. Yeah, I think first and foremost, we really encourage customers, partners, get involved with the chemical community, which includes you know, SAP and then industry leaders all over the world. So, for example, there are many SAP user groups in, in Americas. It's called ASUG, the Americas SAP Users Group. And there's other forums around the world. And, and of course, we work to support chemical tracks. So keep an eye out for some events, you know, coming from, from our team for the end of the year, the ASUG Best Practice for Chemicals event, and also our international conference for, for chemicals. Uh, and also have a look at SAP.com. You can, you can take a look at our industry solution portfolio, white papers, customer success stories, Another great channel would be the SAP community page, similarly, where you can get an update on, on chemical activities and other resources. My team's active in social media, so you can find us on LinkedIn and Twitter. And look, we'd love to hear from you. Please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Fantastic. Folks, that's been great. Thanks a million for coming on the podcast today. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. And thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast. If you want to explore our industry portfolio to find the solutions you need to run your business better, faster, and simpler, please visit us at sap.com slash industries.